Yechezko chapter 21 begins, Vahidvar Hashem Elay Lemar, Ben Adam Simpanecha Derech Teimana, Hatefel Dorom, Inaveo Yar Hasadeh Negev. Yamat Rina Negev, Shmadvar Hashem. Chomar Hashem Elokim, Nim Eitzit Becha Eish, Yochor Becha Koetz Lach, Koetz Yavesh, Rotichbeh Hevet Shalhevet, so the prophecy begins with a description. The prophet is commanded to turn to the south, Teman, Darom, and Negev, three different terms referring to the south, and speak to the Negev, hear the word of God, says the Lord God, I am going to kindle a fire in you, which will devour every tree of yours, both green and withered. Its leaping flame will not go out, and every face from south to north shall be scorched by it. So the chapter begins with a description of a fire, which presumably represents God's anger. That's the beginning of chapter 21. The end of chapter 21 also speaks of fire. The very end, so the prophecy at the end of the chapter, which is not a prophecy about uh, Israel, it's a prophecy essentially against the prophecy against uh, against others, perhaps against Bavel. So it mentions Ammon in verse number 33, but it also deals with the theme of fire. I will pour my indignation upon you. I will blow upon you with the fire of my wrath. I will deliver you into the hands of barbarians, craftsmen of destruction. It presumably refers to Bavel. You shall be fuel for the fire. Your blood shall sink into the earth. You shall not be remembered. I, the Lord, have spoken. So our chapter begins with fire and ends with fire. The beginning of the chapter is directed against the south, against Israel. And the end of the chapter seems to be directed against the enemies of Israel, those who have ravaged Israel. And once again, we have God's fire. That's the beginning and ending of chapter 21. But the bulk of the chapter, actually, is a different image in the chapter, which is very powerful. And the word appears 15 times in the chapter. And that's the word cherev, the sword. The chapter speaks about God, God's unleashing of the sword. This actually begins in verse number 6. So the prophet is told to face Jerusalem, to proclaim against its temples. That presumably refers to the temple in Yerushalayim. Prophesy against the land of Israel. So the prophecy is directed against Jerusalem. But Jerusalem stands in for, in this chapter, all of Israel, the land of Israel. So the prophecy here, which is a shocking prophecy. Speak to the land of Israel, thus says the Lord, I am going to deal with you. 
I will draw my sword from its sheath. I will wipe out from you both the righteous and the wicked. In order to wipe out from you both the righteous and the wicked, my sword shall surely be unsheathed against all flesh from south to north, and all flesh shall know that I, the Lord, have drawn my sword from its sheath, not to be sheathed again. So here we have the image of the sword, and the image of the sword is pervasive throughout the chapter. As I mentioned before, 15 times. And the sword, uh, we are told, is to tack, to be drawn from its sheath. The sword is drawn from its sheath, and it will wipe out the righteous and the wicked. One has the sense in reading these words, the sword is drawn from its sheath. But actually, the way the sword is represented in chapter 21, as if the sword has its own power, its own force. It's God who permits the sword to leave its sheath. In its sheath, it's, it, it is secured inside the sheath. Once it leaves the sheath, though, it attacks both the righteous and the wicked, which is a very striking statement. It reminds us of a verse that we read uh, prior to Pesach, and the Torah says in chapter 12, in the chapter that deals with the Kabbalah Pesach, we are commanded uh, not to leave the house at night. We are quarantined inside our house for two different reasons. One is that the performance of the Paschal sacrifice requires that we stay in the house. But the other reason is that in that night, there is the Mashchit, the destroying angel. And we are to stay inside the house and bring the sacrifice in the house, the blood on the doorposts, the blood on the lintel, and God will God will usually translate it pass over the house, but the more plausible reading is God will hover above the house. And the hovering God above the house, the protective God, will not permit the mashchit, the destroying angel, to go into your house and lingolf, to harm you, to bring the plague. So it sounds like that the mashchit is out there, the plague is out there. The plague will indiscriminately destroy anybody in its, in its, that it touches. And therefore we are commanded to stay inside the house for a second reason. One reason, of course, is that we are to bring the paschal sacrifice. And the other is for protection. So the paschal sacrifice is about staying inside the house in anticipation of a future redemption, and the not going outside the house, remaining in the house, is also protective. The self-quarantine, or the quarantine initiated by God in this case, to protect us from the mashrit, who it sounds like will indiscriminately destroy anybody that it touches. In light of our own plague that we are encountering, have encountered, these are very striking verses. What makes it even more striking is that we recall verses from Yechezkel that we read and studied earlier, and in particular, the famous chapter 18 of Yechezkel. In chapter 18 of Yechezkel, he makes the point that everybody is judged for who they are, and not only that, they're also judged at the present moment. The fact that someone had a bad history, that someone was a person who did all kinds of bad things, a sinner, will not be 
relevant if the person repents and presently is in a good place. And conversely, somebody uh, who did good deeds and then strayed from the path and now is a, a bad person will be held accountable and the deeds of the past will not be remembered. And in particular, the chapter began with a very powerful statement about parents and children. The children are not held accountable for the sins of the parents, and the parents are not held accountable for the sins of the children. And beyond that, righteous people can save themselves, they can't save others. We recall earlier in in Yechesko, he singled out, he had the situation of three righteous people, Daniel, Eov, and Noah. They are righteous people. They will save themselves, but they won't save others. So there's a very strong argument in the book of Yechesko a point that Yechesko makes about the righteous are judged if they are righteous one way, the wicked are judged differently, and one can't affect the other. That's what Yechesko says earlier in more than one place. But in this chapter, we have a different image over here, a very powerful image of the sword that is unleashed. And one gets a sense in reading this, actually, that the sword has a kind of independent power. The sword is the mashchit. And once the mashchit is out there, once the sword has been unsheathed, one must be very careful not to come in contact with the sword. So it doesn't matter who you are, righteous or not righteous, you are in great danger. And that's the sense you get in chapter 21. Can we resolve that presentation in chapter 21 with earlier presentations in Yechezkel? I don't see how they can be resolved. I think we have here in the poetry of Yechezkel, two very different images, each of which we find in our tradition in many places. And once a certain force is unleashed, for example, it doesn't discriminate between the good and the, and the, and the bad. That's the picture over here of the sword. And the sword is described in great detail over here, as I mentioned 15 times. It's a sword, for example, in verse 13 and 14, Vahidvar Hashem Eilaylemar, Ben Adam, Hinavevi Amarta Komar Hashem, Emar, O mortal. This is the prophecy, of, this is what God says. Say, Cherev, Cherev, Huchada, Gamaruta, sword, sword, for emphasis, has been wedded, W H E T T E D, and polished. Wedded to Rick's water, ground to a brilliant polish. So that's the image in the chapter. It's a very powerful chapter. At the very end of the chapter, however, we once again come back to the to the fire, which begins the chapter, and here the fire is directed against the enemies of Israel. And actually, just prior to the very end of the chapter, in verse number thirty-three, ben Adam, in the very end of the chapter, the code of chapter twenty-one, Proclaim, proclaim against the Ammonites. We'll come back to the Ammonites in a few chapters. Chapter 25. Proclaim, sword, sword, unsheathed for slaughter, polished to the utmost, to a flashing brilliance. So here the sword is employed specifically against Israel's enemies, against the Ammonites in verse number 33 and later against the Babylonians at the end of the chapter.